Hello, everyone. This is Artemis, and this is episode 23 of the Uncivilized Podcast. With us, we have Knives. Knives, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing good. You? I'm doing all right. Would you like to tell the listeners at home what beautiful idea you had? We're talking about communist aliens today. That's the topic of discussion. That we are. So, why are we talking about aliens and communism? Uh, well, we're not the first ones to do that. There is someone who went by the name of uh, Jay Posadas. Uh, Jay Posadas was a Trotskyist who led the like the Bureau of Latin America. He was from Ar- uh, Argentina um, and had some really interesting ideas, such as like he was very, for some reason, interested in like water birthing, which, of course, is traditional for some communities. But he had this very weird obsession with it. Um, he also believed in nuclear first strike as like an interesting dialectical outcome of the contradiction between capitalism and, and socialism, and very much saw it as like an inevitable outcome of the Cold War. And most importantly, or most interestingly, was his U- ufology, so the study of UFOs. He has this article from 1968 called Flying Saucers, The Process of Matter and Energy, Science, the Revolutionary and Working Class Struggle, and the Socialist Future of Mankind. In that, he developed, you know, he gets into some of his more like well-known ideas. And he says something along the lines of, quote, the existence of flying saucers and living beings on other planets is a phenomenon that the dialectical conception of history can admit the most immediate consequences we can draw is that if these beings do exist they must have societal organizations superior to our own goes on to say they have no aggressive impulse they have no need to kill in order to live they come only to observe yada 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 do during or destroy the military power of the capitalist system of yankee french and british imperialism appeal to the masses and give them the mean give them means immediately to destroy capitalism overcome the bureaucracy of the worker states and establish a new society socialism we must appeal to the beings on other planets when they come here to intervene and collaborate with earth's inhabitants in suppressing poverty uh so he basically is arguing for a society to be space-fearing they have to have enough you know societal development and a lack of contradictions insofar that they have a stable society and to him that implies they have communism there's a whole lot going on there and it might seem totally irrelevant to anything we want to talk about but i think it's interesting to talk about how that might relate to like many of many modern people's conception of what a future society might look like uh i mean we hear of fully automated gay space luxury communism you know, there's transhumanism, there's Elon Musk's obsession with colonizing space, which is what it is. It is colonizing. So, Knives, what do you think is important to talk about? What, How does that relate to a critique and analysis of today? I just wanted to start out by saying it's funny that the, uh, the Fourth International posted this website does not have any mention of the, uh, the UFOlogy aspect of, of Posidus's beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's completely irrelevant to his invaluable contributions to Marxism. But I think that um, being in space sounds generally miserable. I don't know about you. Like, maybe I'd go up on the space station for a week or something if I could. But it's not going to be fun living up there. And the only reason humans would be up there is to to spread capitalism, probably. Mm-hmm. In case you get to work on um, 
Elon Musk's like slave Mars plantation. Yeah, and I think you know it's hard to disconnect this urge for space colonization from you know you can't disconnect that from colonization and the impact here on Earth. And of course, the socialist states of the USSR were very obsessed with space. You see that in Cold War propaganda. The United States had the same obsession, particularly not even more so in the public sphere before, but it's very like private sphere now, again, with Elon Musk. And then you had those uh, those bureaucrat, those private bureaucrats joining the space. Was it like a year or two now ago? Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I remember there was kind of some online debate about this a couple of years ago, and it, it always happens is you know, going to space, you know, socialists want to go to space to avoid impacting the earth. So it's like, we'll just mine minerals in space because, you know, that's totally sustainable and it has no negative impact on the earth. And one of the responses is, well, that's just colonizing space. Like you're leaving your home, your home territory in colonizing space. People are like, wow, you're really like dismissing what col- colonialism is and what it did to people. I was like, I just don't quite follow like how it's not colonialism. It's literally called space colonization. What? Because they're they're not humans. It's okay that we can d- continue our destructive attitudes towards a non-Earth subject. I don't quite follow that. And of course, what it means to get to space and to maintain a presence in the outside of Earth is an extremely taxing uh, objective. And so I find that. Of course, the, I mean, capitalists and socialists and communists all worship progress. And so their conceptions of what a perfect society looks like are actually pretty similar. And so, of course, as, we, as we've talked about, uh, leftists, communists and the such are really not that radical. They're just they're just, of course, the left wing of modernity. So I find, you know, it's it, it just kind of funny to me that someone could someone like Posadas, who, of course, I think some of his ideas are pretty much just exaggerated, you know, wingbat writings. But the fact that he's really not that different from like modern, like transhumanists on the left or even on the right. Yeah, I mean, I like I like space aesthetics as much as the next person in terms of science fiction. But they're human beings and just organic beings on Earth in general did not evolve to live in a space environment. And it's, mm-hmm. there's kind of like a, there's there's it's almost like a religious a religious thing the way that some people think it's humankind's destiny to go to the stars, and that there's so many idiots out there who somehow see that as the way that humans need to survive, uh, industrialized humans need to survive the toll that they've inflicted on the earth in terms of mm-hmm. destabilizing the climate. And none of that holds up to anything like scientific in any way in terms of what is practical and possible. I mean, even in this, this came out in 2021, quote, this is from Jacobin. This is their title. We need a socialist vision for socialist explanation. And one of their little captions they have is conceptualizing space exploration as an educational mission to remote to remotely probe the galaxy can help animate a more equitable vision of futurism. And that the subtitle is the billionaire space race has perverted what space exploration should really be about serving society and advancing humanity. How does it do that? I mean, yeah, like we're understanding the the world in a materialist scientific way, but how is that serving humanity? Again, they they don't have a conception because I mean the logical outgrowth of civilization, because it's expansive, is eventually we run out of room, right, on this planet. 
and so yeah it's serving humanity in so far that you conflate humanity with civilization right so it serves civilization and it serves that but uh you know it doesn't serve humanity and i think there's the obsession as you said it's it's very religious it's the human destiny i've heard leftists say that all the time yeah yeah definitely and which of course for the, the for people that always think that they're the rational members of society that you know especially the so-called scientific socialists talking about a human destiny is just like okay you just rebranded like old style like you know paranormal supernatural religious ideas are you again they're leftists think they're so different from the right but reality they're just more humanitarian in some ways until they get power of course and then that goes out the window uh -huh. so i find that space exploration really is it, it see as you said it's religious but i almost is it I think it's trying to fulfill a need, a need for the unknown, because we have begun to understand this world in such a way that there's no room for personal interpretation. There's no room for, you know, what is the what is the mean born too early or born too late to explore the seas, born too early to explore the stars, you know, that there's nothing outside of like very niche like studies. We understand much about this earth. And of course, there is much more to learn, I should say, really particularly about like our seas but uh, to be to be able to do any of that work you have to be a very educated specialist and all that and i think many of these people particularly on the left think space exploration is going to be something everyone has access to and so why do you think that like do you think you're going to be someone studying the stars like no you don't be put in a cryopod for study sorry not going to happen i hope it crashes on mars and you <laughs> burn up in the atmosphere no, I like your point about like the uh, the unconscious values that people project into space because I feel like it really reflects the um, the general sense of like deprivation of nothing being there that's been created by capitalism, industrialism, all of that that's taken the magic out of the sense of magic and spiritual substance out of life, and people are projecting that onto space, which mm -hmm. I think is. It doesn't add up because, like I said, I like space in a in a science fiction context, you know, Star Wars, whatever the fuck. But mm -hmm. none of that is is what space is like. Space mm -hmm. is silent, and it's nothing for like a, a billion miles in every direction. There's nothing mm -hmm. fun out there. It's not as colorful as they put in the pictures either. That's all edited shit. Yeah, there's actually a. Are you familiar, you know, with Disney's Epcot? Yeah. So there is a book I read from this guy. Some of you might know him. His name is Jerry Mander. He wrote this book in the absence of the sacred. And so there's this article referring to what he talked about. It says Epcot uh, became the epitome of controlled environments where pollution control, trash and recycling, electrical and ventilation, and other innovative systems were tested and implemented. This miniature city was intended to test new technological new technologies and systems on those that live there for future possibilities, implementations in real societies. American activist and author Jerry Mander saw a cut as an extension of our desire to live in space and disconnect from Earth and by extension from Earth's reality. He saw it as an opportunity to learn and train how to live someone else's, quote, pre-engineered fantasy, end quote, and education propaganda for, quote, our future in space, end quote. Epcot, in his eyes, intends to train the human race on how to live a specific type of future. And I think that's a, a really well expressed that it's it's a fantasy, it's an escape fantasy. That the the reality of the Earth right now is so 
so dystopian, so evil that the only thing that people it's and then it's easier to imagine the end of the world than it is to imagine the end of capitalism. It is easier to imagine escaping the world than it is to imagine escaping capitalism, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And so what do you think, what lessons, what connections rather do you think there are between perhaps colonialism and human supremacy and space exploration, do you think? Well, I do think that there are some pretty big differences between colonialism as it has been done on Earth and colonialism as it will be, will be done in space if it can. One being that as far as we know, there aren't any beings in our solar system Mm-hmm. there's no I feel like it's really unrealistic of putting large amounts of population out into space at this time or in the in the foreseeable future it would just be about resource extraction even and even that is out of our hands for now it just seems like mo- mainly of uh, experimentation that scientists that's the only reason that that we go to space mm-hmm I just think it's completely unrealistic to expect any sort of space revolution in this current state of, of society. Yeah, I mean, that's that's well said. And of course, I'm not trying to say like the colonization of Australia or or the Americas are anywhere going to be or anywhere comparable to space exploration. Um, but I think that it, it opens up something interesting that and this is how I sometimes talk about, quote unquote, escaping civilization, that we will carry our trauma with us, you know, just and the importance and the importance of rewilding right the what might happen if we carry even if we're in a post-capitalist society quote unquote that like we'll carry that trauma with us that internal logic to space and we could reduce the possibility of organisms even adapting or evolving past any state they might currently exist in because we'll just continue to you know destroy colonize extract from from space but i just don't understand how people say well an asteroid's lifeless i was like yeah Different parts of Earth are considered lifeless, but you don't go and destroy those, or you shouldn't, right? Like, people have this conception of deserts are actually really biodiversity, you know, extreme level of biodiversity in deserts. But people still be like, well, they're dead, really. They're just bland. It's like, we're, will we carry that same, like, bias towards space where when we recognize that there is life in in space, whatever it looks like, we won't recognize its right to its right to existence and its uniqueness. Yeah, and I do agree that um, it's, even if I can't find, like, the, the perfect words to express why I feel this way, there is something uh, disturbing around the idea of, of humans um, modifying the heavenly bodies around us. You know, these, mm-hmm. things that, these things that have been there within our vision for the million or more years that we've existed as a species. It's very, I think it's very disturbing in that sort of sense that we could upset that foundation. And also, like you said, we did not adapt to space. Uh, what is it that you can only, like, really, what is the amount of, there's a specific amount of time. I think the longest someone's been in space is like 400 something days. But like, you have to do all this physical therapy. You have to maintain high levels of activity. Otherwise, your body like wastes away. Yeah, it's just, I just think it's quite absurd that we live in an environment that's highly tailored to our development for like the past five billion years or so, and that you would want to go to a place that is basically just a radiation field with nothing to look at. 
Like that doesn't yeah. sound very fun to me. And we're banking it entirely on finding hospitable planets. Like we're banking it on like finding a diamond in the rough, right? Not to say just because space is is mostly empty that it's not beautiful because it is. I think we have a we have a, there's a beauty in looking to the stars and and other celestial bodies. But yeah, like and again, I wanna I'm not sure if you meant it this way, but it's more like we are tailored to this planet. The planet is not tailored to us. Uh-huh. Right. But in I yeah. mean, in a sense, it's becoming tailored to us because of the nature of like quote unquote artificial environments um and civilization. So it's becoming tailored to a certain lifestyle among yes. humans. Yeah, and so what does that look like in space? I mean, there's the idea of, you know, capturing star energy, you know what I'm talking about? Which uh, they're called, uh, I'm trying to think, they're the Dyson Sphere. That's what I was thinking of, I got it. Um, Dyson, you know, what does the, the we'll call it the, or how does space urbanization look? You know, we think it's bad here. What the the the, the energy input, the resources that would be required? There would be, I can imagine now some mining planets out of existence to do what, what people want to do, right? Uh-huh. And then geoengineering, it's because I believe in the beauty of wild nature in its own right to exist, that that extends outside of the Earth. You should not go to Mars and destroy. There, there could be absolutely no life on Mars. Don't fuck with Mars. Like, I don't know how to... <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a metaphysical like emotional impulse but i don't need to make rational arguments against just leaving planets alone you know yeah i mean we don't we we don't have any business out there all of our problems are back here yeah exactly and the only reason we want to leave is because we don't want to solve the problems here yeah And, and i imagine like what does conflict look like in space i mean we already have national identities I mean, there is, it's seen in sci-fi, like, you know, like you have a united Earth government that oversees all its planetary colonies. Then you have some that are like, oh, we want our independence. Like, you're just going to extend all the horrible things we've done here into space. Yeah. And if if warfare follows the similar trend that it has, I'm sure with whatever technology they have in the future would be even more horrifying and impersonal. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, the notion of a Death Star or whatever, like, if we're in space past that, I mean, that point already doesn't seem too unrealistic to me. So what is, and so that, that leads into what I want, another thing I want to talk about is like, if aliens exist, what do you think about their social organization? What do you think about their possibilities for technology? And do you think we've had contact or aliens might be watching us in some way? What do you think? I fairly strongly believe that we have not had contact just because mm-hmm of i mean i can't be i'm not omniscient so i can't say if aliens have contacted humans but there's just so much horse shit out there from conspiracy theorists that i don't it's just it's beyond my understanding whether or not aliens have come here but i haven't seen any evidence that suggests they have mm-hmm. as to their social structure i think we would have to assume that any beings that can travel across star six star systems have some sort of heavily modified and collectivist culture in order to to be able to wield that technology without conflict. Yeah, and then are you familiar with the the Fermi paradox and like the Great Filter? Yeah, 
might want to give a little a little description though for the viewers yeah so the great filter is like a possible resolution of the fermi paradox it po it's the idea that like early on life needs to develop and that there is right to to, to what we consider to be like life that there's filters that has to go through like and so at some point it reduces the number of places in which intelligent life can develop and then so the fermi paradox basically just says like why haven't we met anyone yet that's really just all it is it's like we should have based on like certain mathematical assumptions like why haven't we seen aliens and so just that's one possible solution and so well, how do you think it relates i think that living in these times we can infer some some reasons of why the the fermi paradox exists which mm -hmm. is in my opinion that industrialism is a recipe for disaster that mm -hmm. organisms no organism has the mental equipment to uh intelligently use technology capable of heavily modifying its environment and mm -hmm. that the the majority of organisms that are able to use this sort of technology that we have probably have driven themselves to extinction interesting Okay. I, I think yeah. I think it's possible that if you if we had the means of observing the universe on a, a wider scale that we could find industrial ruins on other planets, overgrown ruins, stuff like that. Yeah, I remember there I can't remember if it's an anti tech revolution or technological slavery. Ted mentions like the possibility of like of of alien the reason we haven't met aliens in space is because they they had their own anti-tech revolution or their industrialism failed and collapsed, which he believes is an inevitable, inevitable outcome. So I think that's a, <laughs> um, it's just a funny idea to me, but at the same time, that might not really be wrong. That's just what I think off of, um, cause we only have a sample size of one planet with life on it to look at, but from, from what I've seen here, that's, that makes sense to me. And so I think people also, I think when we talk about aliens, we have a, of course we have a human bias, but I think people, depending on how someone particularly feels or a society feels about life, they tend to project that onto supposed alien beings. Like, oh, they're, they're going to be the colonizers who want to destroy everything. And, and so that's both right, probably right and probably wrong. And so for the, we're just, we're just projecting our own inhumanity onto other beings. But on the other hand, like to get to that level, they probably have to be like a para a, a parasitic would you use the word before i think it was parasitic um species of some kind you know a conquering form i mean any i mean just because industrialism requires destruction any species that is highly industrial has to have some sort of way to justify that behavior which probably mm -hmm. shows in other ways but uh what do you think then about the aliens being communists you think that's gonna there's any alien communists out there any marxists so, i mean i think it's going to be again this is i, I want to point out that this is half a serious discussion half kind of a joke but <laughs> i think that the notion of alien communists it's it's is just as possible as human communists um i hope they fucking lose <laughs> um i just don't think that technology is sustainable enough to reach that point um i think that if a space it's more likely as any spacefaring civilization, capitalist, 
neo-feudalist or, or something totally outside of our comprehension would probably just bomb itself back into the stone age to be honest or out of existence and go its name so i mean pretty likely it's possible and so what i do think though is that uh i think that if we weren't to encounter any sort of well in this case not life form but any sort of entities out in space i think there's a pretty high chance that you could find a spacefaring robot mm-hmm. elaborate on that if you look at the uh, the track we're on as an industrial species and developing robots i do think that it's possible for um for some sort of self-replicating robots to survive in space after their creators have been probably destroyed through their own means i would and agree with that that it'd be a, a post a po- i also i think that but also some type of post-biological some a species that or a culture that comes into like the singularity with its own mechanical creations to be able to mm-hmm. adapt in space. And if you think about the, these are some sort of intelligent robots, don't, I don't need to debate like whether they're conscious or whatever, but they have the programming necessary to replicate themselves and solve problems. It makes sense that they, they probably would be quite widespread across the universe because any single planet they would encounter would have an enormous amount of resources available for them to reproduce with. Mm-hmm. It would be like a, an exponential, an exponential growth, assuming that they can, because they're not alive. So that I think machines tend to be pretty immune to radiation, at least the ones we've sent up, and they don't mm-hmm. have any problem traveling long distances. So you can kind of imagine like a like a swarm of robots. That's what I think they would look like throughout yeah. space. They just eat things. Yeah, and I, I I just remembered um this this critique someone had of primitivism. It's like, well, what are we gonna do when the aliens invade? Die? Oh, I hate that shit. Especially when it's like meteors and stuff. Like, we need civilization to defend us from the meteors that are gonna come and kill us, like the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, such which, a that's such a weird yeah. justification. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the book. Um. It's like a speculative evolution. It's all tomorrows. If yeah, you're familiar, I've heard of that one. That's an interesting one about like how humans might, you know, we are conquered by like a species that worships genetic engineering and like tortures our species and like divides us into subspecies and stuff. And it's really that's an interesting. Like I am more of the opinion that we will see parasitic alien species. That's to me the most likely outcome. Not some like benevolent communist do-gooders. They're not gonna be social justice warriors in space. <laughs> that's what I'm trying no. to say. I do think that space exploration and similar, uh, whatever that looks like, or intergalactic or some type of like travel between realities, whatever the hell that looks like, right? Is going it, it tends to be benefited by expansive like i'm not i'm trying to chauvinism um you know this this notion of self-propagating systems civilization exists over other societies and so forth that it sacrifices you know it's not it's not a logical human humanitarian society it's an expansive parasitic one and i think that the worst aspects of civilization would be what what allows for spacefaring societies to exist does that make sense yeah, I agree that there's like a built-in set of values with the use of that technology. Mm-hmm. 
And so that just tends to be my opinion of where that would go, to be honest. I always recommend people wa watch. There's an audio book on YouTube. It's an animated one called All Tomorrows. I really think people should watch it because it's 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 super interesting, even if it's not an anti-tech, anti-civ idea. Um, just this notion of a parasitic species and what it does and like how post-human aliens like interact with each other. That's a it's a really interesting uh, concept, though. It's, it's some of it's really kind of like like grody, to be honest. Uh, they make one species that's like a, like a alien waste disposal unit. It's absolutely gross. But again, it's it's a very interesting. It's from 2006. Uh, again, it's on YouTube. I'll put it in the uh, the description of this video. Uh, do we have anything else you wanted to talk about? I mean, this is kind of a, just a fun little episode. It's 30 minutes. If you have anything else, we can talk about it. If not, I think we're good to wrap up. Well, I did want to touch a little bit more on what the economies of of these space-faring civilizations could speculatively look like because do, would would you agree with me here that um the purpose of economy in the capitalist sense is to like funnel resources into the property owning class yeah of course so what do you think that would that might look like in a civilization in space in which there is no property owning class anymore not necessarily calling them communist, but a post-property, like, like some type of post-propertarian society. I would, I would even call it post-capitalist in the sense that that there's, I mean, technology. Because we live in a capitalist society, technology has been used to serve the means of capitalists. But there are technologies which you which don't serve capitalism and you might expect that in um in a sort of spacefaring environment that's that's not capitalist okay i'm losing my train of thought here no i get you so i mean i think then it's it serves i don't i don't find a post propertarian society to be realistic because uh, i think the basis of civilization so even if it's post property it would have to have some type of social uh what am i thinking of differentiation in terms of power so maybe i just i think it's hard to speculate what that can look like but it can be a it can be a priestly class it can be an engine it can be probably something like a scientific class of people that are over everyone else and that you know something to that extent almost mirroring like uh feudalism insofar that there's a there's there are those who rule there are those who pray and those who work I think those who pray and those who lead would probably become such like technocratic class as opposed to like the capitalist class. That would probably, in my mind, what that would look like. Well, here's here's an example. Another example of what I mean is um, if you look at like you were talking, we were talking about science earlier and scientists and their objectives and how uh, the goals of scientists aren't always aligned with the goals of capitalists or even what's good for humanity. Mm -hmm. So. Um, if you took that, oh my god, fucking brain fart. You're going to have to edit this a little bit. <laughs> Give me a sec to, to fix my thoughts. It's still a bit early. L. God L. damn. L, not a morning person? I've been up since 4 o'clock, plus L, plus ratio? God, it's because you're a teacher. Gavin, please edit this out. <laughs> Gavin, um, don't I'm, betting, 
Gavin, don't tell him about the pipe bombs. Robots. Okay, let me, I need to figure out how to get this back on track so it's an easy transition. Robots. Yeah, scientists want to develop robots, which, uh, like intelligent, artificial intelligent robots, which aren't really to the benefit of capitalism. And not saying it's perfectly realistic, but like a, a Terminator scenario where robots want to exterminate us, or maybe they do it unintentionally through their actions spreading. That would create a sort of uh, post-capitalist, I don't know if you could even call it civilization, but something whose objective is not have to do with the accumulation of wealth and resources, but well, still it possesses... It would, be, it, it would be an accumulation of resources, but on its own sake, as opposed to towards one class, it'd be for its own sake of expansion. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fair enough. So that, something like that. Like Civilization requires the development the the acquisition development of resources but i think as opposed to oh this is going towards the benefit of one class it would be simply for expansion and i think that's already how civilization is it just chooses to organize itself in specific ways under certain economic systems so feudalism slavery capitalism etc cetera, etc cetera, that those are just expressions of that expansionist i pretense don't you think that that's a uh, kind of funny in a poetic sense that if um, a species were allowed to survive long enough that civilization would ultimately discard with them completely and just be the machines running themselves for no reason whatsoever essentially yeah we have this beautiful idea what civilization can be and it's going to end up a very cold lifeless place we're going to turn we're going to turn space into a, a robot wasteland that's i mean it already is if you think about it the space immediately around Earth is literally just a trash heap that we're sending, you know, how many the, the amount of trash we have in space and like the, the remains of robots we've left on other planets. It's already becoming that way, actually, if you think about yeah, it. That's a pretty good trash heap. I want to keep I want to stop them from launching any more satellites. So it's a win. Yeah, I think that the notion that, well, you know, it would I just love this. The left wing idea. Well, it'll get better when we're in control. We, we'll get rid of it differently. It's a like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> didn't okay i'm trying to think of the sea it was the is it the aral sea the aral sea i always forget how you say it, the a r a l c it was if you look on wikipedia it was a lake uh the ussr got rid of it <laughs> what do you mean um, this the workers paradise they just got rid of it yeah it started shrinking uh, in like the 50s or 60s, and it was totally gone by 2010 because of like Soviet like intervention on it. Stalin drank it all. Yeah, they attempted to irrigate deserts and stuff, and so they just, you know, and people would be like, well, well, that's not really socialism, or that was under Khrushchev. It's like, I don't care. Like, this is the logic of your Bolshevik revolution. I don't want to hear anything from you. I'm sorry, when, when all your Bolshevik revolutions come out to be expansionist, capitalist, imperialist states, I start to realize maybe Leninism is a capitalist, imperialist idea. Who, who would have thought? As you said, uh, no one is more anti-worker than a Leninist. Civilization is a death cult. Destroy the machines. Good night.